Hey, everybody, you're listening to NC Shop Talk brought to you by NC Carpet Binding. I'm your host, Mal Mayer. If you want to learn from some of the most innovative people in the industry and laugh a ton, then this show is for you. So let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of NC Shop Talk. I'm really excited about today's guest. We've met a handful of times. Always had a great impression of him. Great energy, fun guy, seems genuinely caring and definitely cares about our industry, that's for sure. And before we get to that, just some updates. We are on to the end of the year. So this is going to be our last podcast of 2023. Had a couple others I wanted to squeeze in. It just didn't work out scheduling-wise. But we're going to have, we have a monster on today, but we're going to have more monsters on in January. January is going to be a big surprise. So that's a little teaser. And I may, may actually have to fly in someone or fly out someone to get this one done. But it's that important and it's going to be a good one. So stay tuned for that. As far as the year end goes, wishing everybody Hanukkah just started. Celebrate Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Christmas is on the way. Merry Christmas. And, you know, thanks for tuning in. You guys have helped make this show just a success. And it's it's very, super important to me just to have people like it. Make sure the guests are happy, their family's happy, and their friends are happy listening. And then, of course, everybody out there, just fans that are learning, having some fun, occasional laugh. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about for me with this podcast. Okay, so moving on to the episode. You know, there's a ton of great trimmers out there. And guys who are idolized for their work, what they stand for, different reasons. And make no mistake, he's not just about great interiors. He's also a designer and a car builder with a you know, ton of different skill sets involved. Our next guest has a pretty large following and his followers are drawn to him, from what I could tell, because of his style, his work, his work ethic, and probably more than anything, his passion and personality. His following isn't just limited to Instagram but also has a massive following on YouTube. And he's doing YouTube videos all the time. He's been in the game for over 20 years. He's appeared on television, featured as a brand ambassador. And anyone I ask about him, they all love him. NC Shop, Shop Talk welcomes in uniquely talented and one-of-a-kind Slick from Stitched by Slick in South Carolina. Slick, welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening, man? Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be aboard. I'm glad that I'm glad to have you. We talked about it a while ago and uh, circled back on it. I saw you at SEMA, and you know, we got we got talking there again this year. And uh, it just seems like a natural fit. It's easy. I've had multiple people ask me to get you on, uh, which is why I called you the first time. And seeing you again was total home run. And and here we are. Absolutely, good stuff. All right, so I love doing these interviews and sometimes putting people on the spot. And I'm going to put you on the spot here. Obviously, uh -oh. you go by Slick. I know your mom didn't name you Slick. So I hunted the internet. I looked everywhere for your full name and almost came up empty. I came up with a name. I don't know if it's the right one, but it's initials RM. Is that right? RM. That's me. Uh-oh. You want me to say it? Are we hiding it? Can we bring it out? Oh, man. We can bring it out, man. Rico Montgomery. That's me. That's my government. <laughs> there it is. There. I thought I found it. It took a while. And I, why am I struggling so much with this? But I, I found it. So um, where did Slick come from? Man, Slick actually came from my great uncle. From the day I was born, man, he was at the hospital with my mom and I had all my hair slicked down to my head. And I reminded him of his friend at the time. So they and it just stuck Slick. from the it, time you were born. And it just stuck from the time I was born. I also had another nickname. They used to call me Tank. Because I had old Tank I've head. heard you say that before too. Yeah, um, I had old Tank head. Yeah, I like Slick better. It's perfect. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, let's start out with a little background and just, you know, kind of take your time with it and, you know, tell us what's important to you. But, you know, tell us about you, Slick as a young kid. What were you into? You know, was there a springboard to get you where you are now? Did it take a long time? Did you know when you were little that you wanted to be involved with cars? So give us kind of the Slick coming up story. Uh, well, pretty much, man, as a kid, you know, we was all fascinated by you know the cars at the time I was always in the cars man my dad was in the cars he was a mechanic so I was always drawn to the different cars that he was working on and just liked it to be around him and like you say man I was just I was just always into cars that's just our family history 
you know, from my dad to my uncle to my granddad, they all just loved cars and had. So you basically cars. had no choice, and good news is you liked it. So that 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 that's oh big. yeah, absolutely yeah. Well, Were you finding yourself designing as a little kid, dreaming things up? Or was it just about going fast? What was it about for you when you were little? Uh, well, when I was little, man, I just wanted to pretty much follow the footsteps of my dad, man. That that grunt work, that dirty work, until I realized I couldn't, I could wash my hands and they were still dirty. So I didn't like that part no more. <laughs> so I got more. And so until I was just started getting fascinated with seats and interior, you know, just how it was just put together, you know. And I would just go in and just draw on the headrest draw on the door panels, because I always drew as a kid as well. Okay, so you, you can draw. Yeah, 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 I can draw pretty Yeah, good. that's big. So you got that creative, you got that creative thing running around inside, which is big. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and that's something I never had. I could, creative with marketing things and promoting things and looping people into things, but I've never, ever, I couldn't draw. I'm not someone mechanical, so that kind of brain, I always, I've said it many times on the, on the show, I've always wanted to have something like that. But uh, you can try as hard as you want, you know, wish in one hand, crap in the other, see which feels first. That ain't happening. <laughs> so anyway, your background growing up seems like you idolized your dad. Was your dad a driving force and your biggest motivator to where you got? And was there anywhere else, anyone else in there or something that really pushed you? Uh, really, I think my dad definitely played a part as far as my car aspect goes. But as far as, you know, uh, being that motivator, uh, I got a lot of that work ethic and things like that from my uncle's side. My uncle really helped raise me and mold me until, you know, the young man that he wanted to see me become, you know, because like I say, my mom was a single mom at a certain point in time of our life. So, okay. you know, my uncle did step in and help, help, those come, shoes help raise me. Yeah. He definitely did that. So, okay. and like I said, man, he had the nice cars, the Nissans, and yep. man, I couldn't wait to wash them and, you know, just to drive them around the block, you know. Oh, that's nice. That's it's funny you said that. My dad had an uncle with the same thing, and that's what got my dad started. My dad loves cars. I mean, I like cars. There's been different times where I've loved them and not, you know. But my dad is big into cars. Always, always, always wanted to have a toy, you know, in his garage. And his uncle was a Cadillac man. And that's my dad in the beginning, you know, he wanted, that's the, the first car he bought you know, that he was able to buy and afford just to have a, a sidecar. He was, I want to say 30-ish, a little over 30, mm -hmm. and he bought a Cadillac. And then, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, when you're 30, you're usually not buying a Cadillac. And, right. Know, something <laughs> faster, something a little more exciting, but he wanted, he wanted yeah. to be a Cadillac man. I guess, you know, like his, his, you know, his dad wasn't a Cadillac guy, but, you know, his uncle was, and he, as a little kid, that's what he wanted. He wanted that, that Cadillac just to have it. Um, so he had a 79, I think, El Dorado? I can't remember. Two-door. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was black, I think, with the cream interior. It was cream, cream and black interior is real nice. I still remember being in it a little bit, but that was that was big for him. So I could I could, I understand it. I don't oh, dabble yeah. in buying and selling cars a million times over, but uh, I, I see it, understand it, and sometimes get that itch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's jump into something that I always wonder about you guys. You know, whether it's you, another car builder, you have one car to drive the rest of your life. And you got to drive it every day. Ooh. And what's that car going to be that you could buy? Nothing that you're making yet. We'll get to that in a second. But if you're buying one car from a dealership to drive the rest of your life, it could be from 1980, it could be yesterday, you know, or 30 years ago, 50 years ago. What, what car is that going to be? Uh, one car. Golly, I think that's going to be a tough one, considering oh. I got about eight or nine cars myself now. All right. <laughs> one car off the showroom floor, whatever year it was, I'll give you mine. And it's completely out of out, out of line. It's never going to happen. But I, ever since watching Cannonball Run 2, when I was a mm -hmm. kid, I've always wanted a Lambo. So a Lamborghini Countach. And it, it, it ain't practical, and it's probably never, ever going to happen, but- that's the one car. If I could just buy it off a lot, no matter the year, that's the one I'm I'm I'm, I'm going for. Right. Well, my dream car definitely would have to be the uh, 68, 69 Dodge Charger. Okay. I think I can I could get comfortable in one of those for yeah that's for a, a good amount of time. That's that's on my Mount Rushmore. He, he she, because of the because the Duke's a hazard, so yeah. that's up there. Um, yeah. Now, if you had to take one car, have it 
use, do, doesn't matter. Have it, shape it, mold it into what you want and customize it. And then drive it for the rest of your life. What car are you customizing? Oh, what car would I be customizing? I would say, oh, man, what I'm gravitating towards now. I would love like a boat tail Riviera, just something different than not a lot of, you know, something real different. I know, right? Golly, uh, you're the Pontiac King. Would it be a Pontiac? I do love Pontiacs. Yeah, Lee, I got two of those. I do love Bernie Yanks. Yes. <laughs> now, was uh, the Rambo? Say, was Rambo yours? The Rambo Pontiac? Is that you? Yeah. My 78 Trans Air, man. I, I, I absolutely, now nah, I love that car. Did that car I could have sold that car 20 times. And yeah. I backed down at the last minute every time. Well, I have a question down the line, and I'll get to it, but I it mentioned the Rambo car. But so if you're customizing one car, to make it exactly what you want. Do you have one in mind or you want to go back to it later? Get back to um, it. I would say, give or take, it'll definitely have to be my Trans Am. Okay. So you would do another one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could do another one. Okay. I, could do, uh, I could do a few of those. Okay. I just like the style of them, the sleekness of them. Yeah. You know, just the presentation that it brings along. Is... And they've been hot as hell the last year or two, so. They have. Make it a big run. Yep. Are they still on fire or did they calm down? Yeah, they could calm down some, mm, but they, yeah, they have calmed down some, mm. but still desirable. Yeah, no, and, you know, I wasn't ever huge into them, but the last handful of years, yeah. just the way people are doing them, your Rambo car, uh, you know, a bunch of others out there I've seen, it's just, just fun. You know, you do almost, there's so much to do with it. Is it just the lines, the lines are just so aggressive. Um, and that was one of the first cars that I remember as a kid seeing and noticing the bird on it and was saying, man, I really like this car. I really want one of those. I don't know if it was the bird or the spoiler or what, but we walked past that car all the time and I, I just had to have one. And we were younger when Smokey and the Bandit came out. So I didn't even know about Smokey and the Bandit, but I did know about that bird and I was into the, I was, yeah, into, yeah for sure. It was that bird for me. All right, let's transition a little bit. Let's go. Let's go to the family. You know, I'm a big family guy, and I can tell you are. Whenever I've seen you, I've seen you with your with your with your lady, your wife, uh, Tequila. Did I say that right? Yep. Okay. So Thank tell you. us about Tequila. Tell us about the two boys. Man, go ahead. Oh man, yeah. Like you say, man, wife, two kids. Uh, shoot, we've been married for 16 years. Uh, my youngest is 16. My oldest is 19. And uh, she actually work, runs the front for me. She works with me. Uh, my kids got their own little job. And shoot, man, like I say, in the summertime, they come by, help at the shop. And we just, it's just a family-owned, family business, small-oriented business, man, what we got going on, man. And we absolutely love it. That's good. I used to like yeah. just going to my dad's shop and getting out, like, you know, give me little things when you're little, four, five, six years old, just Windex bottles and cleaning everybody's desk. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I Sweep in the floors. Huh? <laughs> yeah. When I bring the kids to our shop, Emma puts a note on the door, her office, yeah. and will help everybody with whatever they want. And they just love my son, too. My son goes in there, cleans, pulls and packs orders, runs up and down the stairs at the building. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you instill it in your kids to work, they'll work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely will. And like you say, my youngest, um, he's going to he gonna be dedicated to come any chance he gets, especially in the summertime. With the cars. Because he get to make with the cars, make that extra money. He loves looking at cars too. So he's definitely a car guy. All right. <laughs> more now so get more than ones. my oldest. Parenting style. Who's tougher? You or mama? Oh, definitely me. Okay. What is your parenting style? Is it old school mixed with new school? All old school? What do you do? I'm pretty much old school. I'm pretty much old school parenting, man. I pretty much like things a certain way. Uh, it got to be a certain way for the for it to perform correctly for me. So, um, and my kids, I got great kids, man. My kids are not troublemakers. They very respectable. That's great. And it, yes, man, no troublemakers. So, hey man, I couldn't ask for a better group. No, that's good. You know, good. I can't be like my dad was, but I do mix a lot of old school and you'll get a lot of fight out of them. Like me and yeah. Dylan, I had it out with Dylan yesterday. Uh, we get company over and he decides he's gonna talk back. Not in a bad mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Just like, I don't know what you're talking about, Dad. I go, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And he right. looked at me, I looked at him, and he, he said, what? And I, I oh, oh man. That yeah. Was bad. <laughs> he, that was a bad moment for him. So I was taking him to baseball, get in the car. 
he got in that car and he knew he was in deep trouble. He took his time, oh, yeah. his cleats and all the air, just, you know, getting slow to the car. And mm-hmm. he got in there. It was, it was trouble, but <laughs> I can't do what my dad did. But at the same time, you got to mix that old school in there. Yeah. Set yeah, him yeah. Up to be a loser. Like probably most of the kids are going to be today. Cause the parasol, right. Parasol don't discipline them. That's right. And I'm definitely yeah. on mine, you know, we're, we're making sure they gonna have exactly what they need when I can no longer provide. Exactly. Yeah. So, hey, I'm proud of them. That's good. No, I love hearing that. I am too. I, I, I really am. Sometimes it's hard to tell where things come from in your personality, but the parenting mm-hmm. is usually most of it. And you know, I know for sure my dad, he was relentless pushing me and in turn it made me relentless in wanting to succeed and not screw up and not fail and not let anybody down. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, it's really easy to see your passion on YouTube and kind of touch this already. So it may ruin my question, but was your uncle the one that gave you like this big passion? Was it your mom and your uncle? Uh, more so, I would say more so my uncle. Okay. Yeah, because I got my first, my very first car from my uncle. So wow. once, once I got that car from him, man, it was just like, wow. I know what I want to do. That's incredible. I know. I, I mean, such a blessing that he did that. He treated you like you were... His own kit. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. That's incredible. So get into the YouTube thing. You have a thriving YouTube channel. You're on there all the time. And by the way, I don't know how the hell you find time to do that, juggle the work. (laughs) Obviously, you know, being a great parent and just life in general. I mean, YouTube channel wise, what's your vision for it? Why did you start it? Where do you want it to go? Tell us about it. Uh, Really, man, my YouTube channel, I want to get to where... I'm going to be doing more teaching and step-by-steps with a lot of this craft because it's such a dying art, man. And I get hit up so much about how do you get this results? What size foaming you use, threads, and just different applications for different seats, of course. Uh, So I definitely want to start leaning more towards, um, you know, teaching the craft and just being a motivation for guys that's just in their garage or different shops to, look at my channel and be like, hey, man, I just saw Stitch do that. Yeah. Uh, man, if I saw him do it, I know I could do it because he said it was his first time ever doing it, you know. Yeah. And, you know, just give them them possibilities. And well, you are. Growing. You are because I literally told two guys within the last hour, uh, they just happened to be texting me on Instagram and I messaged them back and I said, yeah, about, they saw the, they saw the post interviewing Slick and they mm-hmm. commented right away. Uh, Eric Fuentes, out there in Washington works with uh you know one of the best in the game Tony Miller and uh, Eric was so excited that you're coming on and then uh Anthony Supreme Stitchworks in California yeah. he got pumped up when he saw you were coming he was real excited about that so I mean you got guys that are you know excited just to hear you're going to be you know on my little measly podcast so they're you're you're touching people and that's big and I know you wanted to teach so we'll jump to that you told me that you were thinking about doing some schooling. Now, does the schooling right. have a hands-on thing? Is that your, that's one of your goals for 2024 is to break, break, break in right. with a school. Is it going to be all online? Do you want people to come into your shop? How do you want to do it? Uh, yeah, well, definitely uh, me and my guy, one of my older gentlemen that work with me, like I say, I learned a lot of techniques from him. And we just want to be able to bring a group in and be able to do a little bit of hands-on with some of the basic techniques of sewing, you know, just making sure they got the basics and then teaching them, you know, pattern making, styling, proportioning, and different ap- applications like that, you know. Yeah. But definitely bring them in and we'll we'll be able to make something first. We're trying to get our idea th- together now on what's going to be our first thing and then schooling and a yeah. fair cost and where people can afford it as well, you know. We don't want a price gouge. Right. It depends. It depends. Sometimes the, the supplies, it, it makes it hard to do it right because it's going right. to be pricey. You know, bringing in leather high, foam, bringing in, you know, seat frames, whatever it is yeah. you're going to teach, you yeah. know, you can get up there, you know, real quick. Yes, it can. So it, it, it is hard to do it right and do it do it cheap. But, yep. you know, um, if you're going to teach on YouTube and have some different, you know, video clips, that'll, you know, that'll def- obviously be a big help because a lot of guys are learning that way. You know, They're whether it was, that way. you know, Start to learn from Sid Shaver, thirty some odd years ago with his videos, and uh, you know other guys along the way that have just kind of pioneered the and kept the learning going. It's mm-hmm. a big, it's a really big thing. It really is. 
Yeah, and like you said, we want to be able to host a couple different, couple different classes, whether it's convertible tops, you know, seats, um, bent seats, bucket seats, um, you know, door panels. Be able to offer those different things throughout the year as well. Right. So oh, I think yeah. it should be fun. That'll be that'll be a big thing. Get it off the ground. It's a lot involved. And, uh, you know, go for it. Just have some fun with it. And there's yeah. plenty of people that'll push the button on yes right away. Obviously, you have a, you know, a big following. So, and they trust you based on your work. So, we did at you at uh, SEMA, when we were talking about YouTube, and you said to me, Mal, I just want to do something different. And, and it, the first thing that hit me was, I'm more of, I want to know what the person goes through and what the person's into and what they're really like after you, you know, peel the layers. Like I'm all sunshine and rainbows right now. Yeah. We've talked three, four <laughs> times over the years. You haven't seen me when I'm pissed or, you know, right in a bad mood or, you know, whatever the case. But, uh, I think, and I know I said it to you, you're like shaking your head and kind of your wife wasn't there at the time. So she didn't get to say no right away, <laughs> but your following would go crazy. If you hired a videographer, hired a videographer to follow you from the minute you woke up one day, in your house, how you you know how you correspond with the family, getting up, getting ready, getting in the car, and just go about your daily, you know, your daily grind with everybody, and do that, you know, for a handful of days, and then just be knee deep in the phone calls and see how you handle a vendor on the phone, see how you handle a customer on the phone. People will all be drawn to that. That would get some massive viewership. Really. I know, and you told me that, man, and I mentioned that to her and what she would think. She was like, well, go for it. I mean, what you waiting on? What if, what if, you, what if you get out of line in the house and you get yelled at? That's not going right. to be <laughs> So I'm definitely uh, looking into that, man, and try to find me a videographer that I can get and just set in that's just be on pace. And, I you think know what I mean? Huge. And no one's done it. Now, you have the stupid reality shows, which are all staged and all that crap. Just you tell the wife and the kids we're gonna do a real day here, and that's the way it's gonna go. You know, yeah. we don't need to see us getting dressed or anything dumb like that, but we're gonna do a real yeah. day, real breakfast, how we get the morning done, kids off to school, wife here, me there, get to the shop yeah. in the car. What's the first thing what do you normally do in the car in the morning? Sometimes I'll call a friend and sometimes I'm listening to, you know, church yep. music, or sometimes I'm listening yep. to, you know, hip hop or Frank Sinatra, whatever. Whatever good whatever you do, you know, you wanna do that. And let people in, and it'll be a. I guarantee you, your views will be sky high. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna definitely try that starting the year. That'd be off. fun. That's yeah, a lot. Of, it's a lot of start, fun. Yeah, um, it's definitely a lot. At the very least, we're gonna get a cameraman in there, and do an MTV crib style video of what's in your fridge. Woo! In my fridge, if my kids ain't beat us to it, what's in there? <laughs> if my kids ain't beat us to it, boy, ain't no telling. <laughs> Well, you got two boys and they're teenagers, so I know they're eating right. a lot. But what's right. it? What's in Slick's fridge? What's a go-to drinks? What's in there? Uh, my go-to drinks gonna have to be sweet tea. Okay, Southern boy. Yeah, I'm a I'm a pure leaf sweet tea guy. Yeah, I like sweet tea better than the only soda I would drink over sweet tea is Pepsi. But I love sweet tea, and I'm a Yankee. But yeah, sweet I'm tea. Ever sweet since tea. I've been coming south, since I'm a teen, you know, late teens, traveling, I love it. sweet tea. I got a gallon of the shop time. back there now. You got your what's waiting for you after this. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I can't drink the sugar drinks or I'll weigh a thousand pounds. I can't work out anymore. Too many injuries. Can't play sports anymore for the very same reason. So I pretty much my fridge is boring. I'm literally putting that jar right up to the, the fridge that pumps out water and I drink water all day. Yeah, that's my youngest. Yeah. My kids water love day. their water. But uh food wise, what what's your snacks? What do you what do you um, in the fridge? What are you going for in the fridge? Uh, snacks, uh, I'm mostly fruits, grapefruit, um, grapes, cantaloupe. I'm a right. fruit guy. Yeah, if I'm a snack, I'm a, I'm Looks a bunch of some right. yeah. I'm a slob, so we're the exact opposite. Well, and cheesecake, too. I love my little Elkwood cheesecake. Yeah, yeah, I like my Elkwood cheesecakes. <laughs> There's something that I get a kick out of, and every time I laugh, and you're so dead on with them most of the time. They're all like, that's perfect. It's a perfect name. You like to name your cars. I so do. the funniest one to me, and I nearly peed myself when you did it, was that 68 Grand Prix. Remember, it was all red, inside and out. Yep. And you, you named it Peggy Bundy. When you said that, 
I was it. I was laughing to myself <laughs> and no one was around. I was dying. Like, how the hell you come up with these names? And it, this is where I mentioned Rambo and another one that I thought was funny, but you didn't elaborate on it was the Ted DiBiase car, which was recent. Yeah, yeah, the Cutlass. Uh, we named that one Ted DiBiase, man. That's one of my good friends, man, Um, because of the color of the green that we went on the inside. Okay. And actually, man, he spent a ton of money in that car. That's what I figured. The Ted, Di yes. Ted DiBiase with the money, the million dollar man, all that stuff. Oh, man. And that's why I say, boy, you're going to have a million dollars in this car by the time you're done because he wanted all new chrome. And his expectations was just so out of the roof because it was his first bill. Okay. And I'm like, man, don't shoot for the stars, you know. Make you a nice bill. You know what I mean? It gradually upgrade. Yeah. No, I got to have this. I got to have that. I'm like, man, it's going to take you 10 years to get all of that stuff. But, hey, man, he he made it work. That's it. So I yeah. call him the money. But he always does, right? Money make it work. Money make <laughs> That's what's <laughs> going to make it work for sure. So the what got me to notice you the first time uh, if I remember, I'm pretty sure was when you were first started doing Snoop's cars. Mm -hmm. When we, I know you did a, would you do three or four of them for Snoop or more? Yep, three of them. Okay. Uh, when was the first one you did for him? Uh, the first one was his '72 Caprice. Okay, and when was that? How many years ago? Uh, that was what 20, 2020. Really? 2020, 2021. Yep. Okay, so then I knew you before that, obviously. We had met in 2018, so that doesn't make any sense. Or 2019, it seemed, I can't remember. Yep. But um, I thought it was long ago. Anyway, the the Snoop cars, I have a series of questions on these, and I know people want to know about it. So first things first, how did you get in touch with them? Did Snoop call you? Did you have a friend that said, to Snoop, hey, this guy's going to hook you up? What was the, how did it happen? Uh, well, he actually messaged me off of Instagram. Wow. And, uh, you know, like you say, they three hours behind us or something. So, yeah, I think I was just going to bed. It was around about 12 o'clock that night. And I saw his name pop up, you know, as a message. And I'm like, that ain't what I saw. Maybe he was just going live. So I no. went on to sleep. Yeah. And I literally woke up out of my sleep about three or four o'clock that morning. And it was like, Thinking did I see it. what I think I saw? Yeah. And so I messed up. He was like, hey, give me a call when you get this message. And I was like, okay. And so it was shoot, from man. his account verified, so you knew it was him. Right, right. So that morning I got to the shop like 8.15 that morning, super early. And I messaged him back like, what's your number? He was like, send me your number. I'm going to call you. And I sent him my number. And he was, you know, he hit me with the laid back. What up? This Snoop dog, you know. <laughs> All right. What else did back. he say? I, was, like, I thought I was getting punked, you know? Right. You know, and I was like, man, this can't be him. And he, the more he elaborated on, I was like, yeah, this is him. He was like, man, I saw that, that donk you did with that Porsche interior on it, man. It's like cold. I want you to build me one. I was like, hey, say the word when. When and how. And for if you want, right. I'll do it for free. <laughs> and so we went to Atlanta and picked up him one from Little Duval. Lil Duval gave him a donk, so we went and picked it up from him. So I got to meet all of them guys. It was super cool and inviting. So we got back, and I was like, hey, what you want to do here? And he started giving me the idea. He was like, man, let's do it in 45 days because my birthday coming up. I was like, 45 days? Good gracious. That's quick. He was like, double or nothing. And I was like, well, shoot, double or nothing it is. Let's bet. Hey, I bet against Snoop. If I lose, what's the worst could happen? Yeah. You know, he get a free get, car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and shoot, we locked it in, man, and we made a whole series out of it, you know, and just filmed the whole thing. What's he like when he's not excited about the car? When you're just talking to him straight up, what's he like? The uh, cameras aren't rolling. What's he like? Man, he's a real genuine guy, sincerely. You know how you, you you think some people just just on this pedestal? It's like it's it's whatever you need, man. Just give me a call, and he's just always just feed knowledge and just trying to you know see you do better. You know that's some of the things that he was telling me, man. Make sure that you got your name and stuff copywritten, cause you don't want no issues with this, man. Let me put you in touch with these people so you can get certain things in order and make sure you got your business structure together. You know. 
And hey, man, I couldn't I couldn't ask for a better guy to to string me along, you know. Yeah, and, and more than just work, you're now your friends. So right, and you you value him because sometimes you do work for people and you wouldn't, you know. We just sold a deal to a guy. Mm-hmm. He drove me crazy, and it was a decent deal. So twelve thousand dollars worth of machine supplies mm-hmm. from the jump. Change this, change that. Don't do this, don't do that. And then you're halfway through it, and he'll call the office, and if you don't answer the phone, he'll get on the. I, Oh, Slick, I'll talk to you about it. I was talking to Mal, blah, 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 blah. I want to change this. I want to change that. Mm-hmm. Then he goes in the order. They make the changes. Then you scan it to him. That's not what I talked to Mal about. Yeah, but that's what you talked to Slick about. Six, seven, eight changes finally settles on the order. And then after the order's done, I need to have this. I need to have that. I need to have it right away. All right? I'll be in the office Monday morning. I'll get to you. Mm-hmm. I was flying back. He gets on the phone with one of the new girls. They go through all the paperwork. The new girl, he's forcing her, I want this done now, do it. So the only way she knows how to do it is to handwrite it. She handwrites it. Oh, this has to be this, it has to be that. I said, so I ignored him. Mm-hmm. Completely ignored him. Like, you know what? You're on your own. Have fun. So I gave him a day and a half to stew on it. And I got back to him. I called him. I said, look, I said, you couldn't wait an hour for me to go off an airplane when I told you I would do it in the morning. So now you can... I can't even say what I what I said to him. <laughs> yeah. Now you can wait. Well, you can't get it through customs. I'm sorry. He he drove me crazy. So before it cleared customs, I said, "Here's what's going to happen. If your guy can't clear it through customs, you have to have the paperwork right this minute. Send it back. Just refuse the shipment. I'll pay for the shipping both ways. We part friends. I I didn't want to sell him. Yeah. So I think the machines got there today or yesterday, but. My uncle used to say, there's some people, no matter how good the deal looks, yep. it ain't worth selling because they're going to drive you crazy. Yeah, I couldn't even, I really didn't say it the right way. There was a hundred things that drove me nuts over the course of a month. The correspondence for a month alone wasn't worth the 12000 Right. Yeah. I want to say, I I want to say what I said <laughs> badly. I understand. Trust the me. Guys, I'd have been there. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine him being my father or being married to him or I, I, I he's must be a unicorn because I, that was brutal, painful. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. It is what it is. It was a mistake sending it to him. I never should have done it. I should have cut it off before that. Also with the Snoop Dogg relationship, did he help you get other cars? Did he help you make other contacts? Did you oh, help out man. some of his friends? Oh, definitely. Okay. He definitely got us some more work. Guys out his way, man, they sent us they said that's a few cars this way. So like you say, man, it was just a pleasure just to get invited to his his domain and let us chill there for a few days, you yeah. know, and go to some of his parties and, wow. you know, just to see their lifestyle and just to meet a lot of celebrities that his in his circle, you know. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing for us, man. My wife still talks about it sometimes, you know, going through pictures. Crazy. <laughs> it's fun. It's a memory you're never going to forget. And it's good business on top of it. So it makes it. Yeah. So it makes it well worth it. Do you have I know this is this is a hard question. Never no one ever likes it. Is there a favorite build that you did for somebody else that you wished was yours? And I know it's hard to, to pick, but one that when it left that shop, man, I wish I had that one back. Oh man. One of my favorite builds. I would probably have to say I like some all, man. It's just something about them all that I do like. It's a problem with the car guy. They all they all got something. They all got a special place. They all do, man. Um, it's just far as I think uh cleanliness and how easy the bill went together, man. It was a 1965 Impala or Caprice I done, man. I did it like a tan and a peanut butter. Oh man, it was the the bill just went phenomenal. I mean, nothing fought back. It was just super clean. And I could actually see myself, you know owning that car yeah so that one that was a painful to let that one go yeah that one was like man i hate to see this one go <laughs> is it ready give me one more day give me one more day with it you know so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna cruise make sure it's okay tonight yeah man take it for the weekend and another thing you were telling me about and we didn't get into it but you dropped it and i i try to listen so try to make these interviews at least decent and helpful to you as well you're talking about launching your own thread line for 2024. That's another one of your goals, which 
you know, is a, a, a true, you know, a true businessman and true entrepreneur wants to grow. They don't want to stand still. Tell me right. about, tell, well, tell us about the thread line. You know, what's going to be different about it? What's, what's your vision for that thread line? Uh, well, my vision for that thread line is just to offer um, a array of colors, um, a lot of hard to find colors. And, you know, I like that contrast and thread, but the contrast and thread is only going to come in 10 different colors. So I would like to get with a company and more so, you know, just come up with colors that I would like to use. So everything don't start seeming repetitive or, you know, just starts to look the same. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, you know, you got to have the nylon and the polyester uh, that won't fade. I would definitely like that as well. So hopefully I can I can There's something it. color, a color line in contrast thread that people yep. don't stock that if they call on you, they can get that crazy. Right. Don't hold you to it. This crazy canary yellow or that correct you know, Lambo blue, whatever, you know, that crazy right. Lambo blue they have, stuff like that. Yeah. A couple stuff that you know you shades. can't get. Cause it's a yeah. pain in the neck to get it. So you want to, you want to make sure it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I want to make sure it's there and just to offer them something different. Yeah. yeah. I can think of probably five or six guys. I can give you a phone number to right now. That'll be buying from you right off the get. Yeah. Do all the <laughs> out of bounds colors. You know? Yeah. Uh, Roly, you know, you know, Roly, Roly, Roly. He used to work down there that. at, um, I'm so at the auto firm. He's got his own company now. Roly does co more colors than oh, anyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have, I do follow him. Yeah, he's got a handful of machines from us, and really nice guy. Yeah, one of them, one of the four or five machines he's bought from us went down there. Something went wrong, and you know we had to bring it back and fix it. He was cool with it. He just like you know things happen, and he was just yeah. easy. You know, just a just a good dude. Things happen, and he took it in stride, and everything's But he's got to have four or five machines from us in the last three or four years. Um. Now this one I like. This is probably my favorite question the whole interview. So put your your businessman cap on, and sometimes you don't want to tell people the way you think. But I know you go to a lot of events. You know the Rick Ross Car Show. I've, I think I've seen you there. Um, SEMA, of course, Barrett and other places. When you're going to these things, you're going there for fun. But right. I know you can't help yourself. You have that business mindset going. What's your goal? an end game with all these different shows is it well i'll let you talk you, you know wh where do where do you what do you want to get out of, out of shows when you go to them uh more so when i go to the shows man i look for just the way other builders uh fit and finish ideas uh just networking uh get to shake hands with people who admire my work as well you know um and really more so just networking to get the put my work on display or, or on the front line so people can, hey, I like this or I don't like this or why did you do this or why didn't you do that? You know what I mean? So I can come back and brainstorm and be like, why didn't I do that? Yeah. I should sure have done that. Now I see how they did it. Now I'm going to come back and implement it because I get a lot of inspiration off of other builders as well. Of course. Yeah. A lot of inspiration, man. I have to go, you know, through the hall ring now and and look at ideas of what other upholsterers have done and what they're doing with seats. And hey, let me switch it up a little bit. Let me add I, this and just modify it. Yeah. I've always told the guys you need to go to marine shows, aircraft shows, uh, just not always auto. And if you, you'll pick up different nuances with different things. Yeah. And you'll shake your head at a lot of different things too. But, yeah. you know, that learning thing is big. And you yeah, can't yeah, just yeah. go there and learn, oh, yeah, that's great, and then not implement it, right? You have to right. you have to take the goal, go get it, and then use it. Otherwise, it's it's just a, it's a money flush, which, is, yeah. which doesn't help anybody. But most guys don't do that. Most guys aren't open-minded, and they're just going to keep doing things the same way every same day. Same way. And same that doesn't way. That's not helping. Um, yeah, that's not helping. Yeah. Like I say, I'm going, I'm, if, if I got to get inspired. Do you go to auctions like Barrett-Jackson? Uh, I've never been. Okay. I've never been yet. You Okay, you love cars, obviously, and you're going to buy cars. And You should forget Barrett Jackson because most of those cars are all done. But if you ever go to an auction, get yourself a bidder's paddle, sit down. It's in my blood because my family did it to build our, our business, especially my grandfather, my uncle, obviously, to a certain degree, but mostly my grandfather and my dad. They're like auction junkies. And mm -hmm. I did one for our for work because my dad was away and I was maybe like 25, 26. 
I cleaned out that whole place. I thought they were going to kill me. Like, who is this young kid? Oh, that's Mel Senior. That that's Mel Mel's son from Newark Kaplan. Oh gosh, you're worse than your father. But it, it was like, oh, <laughs> power, like something about it. And I know we could use it and stuff we couldn't use. We'll get rid of it one way or another. Yeah. But there's oh the auctions could be big for you. Just buying cars, buying 10, 12 cars, sitting on them. You know you yeah. can fix them. The guy yeah. there wants to drive it, but it's messed up. And you know, hey, if I pay, if I pay twelve for this thing. I could turn into 60 in five minutes. Right. You know, but I think yeah. you would love it because you know cars and you know what it would take. Oh, yeah. So some of these regular car auctions, that bet would be a home run for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's let me get more so into that part, man. Um, I got a I got a friend guy, Matt Jason. He built, he buys some, some of the weirdest cars that, I, like, Jason, where in the world did you find this? And he go to the Minkum auction a lot. Yeah. So, um, He's finna do well. We finna do a Porsche for him, one of his customers, one of those nine elevens, eighties models. And um, I was checking it out the other day, man. He was like, "Man, uh, we need to start building something and taking to these auctions." And I was like, "Hey, just sign me up. Just let me know what I need to do. I'll lay some stitches somewhere." No, I mean, there's just something about it, and I get yourself to it. I don't care what it's for. If there's auctions online, I look at them. It could be tools, and these hands don't work well with tools. I'm useless, mm-hmm. but. I just love it. Oh, that's a great buy. And then what the hell am I going to do with it? But yeah, there's something about bidding on something. It's so much fun. And just yeah. that power of I'm getting this thing. I'm going to get nothing you can do yeah. about it. I'm getting it. So right. I remember that my dad taught me overpay for that. He goes, yeah, I overpaid for it, but the other guy didn't get it. And now he can't, <laughs> he can't use it against me. So right. I may break even on that, but he, I'm not letting him make a dollar off it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Competition, man. You can beat your competition or let them beat you. So, yep. That was the auction game. All these sewing machine dealers would go there. And if my grandfather and my dad were there, they know they weren't getting stuff cheap and they yep. know they're losing. Yep. Anyway, vendors. Any little known local vendors that you really count on that are you know vital to your company or is it just the normal guys everyone else buys from? Uh, my local vendor here would be IDC. What does stand for? What do IDC stand for? All I know is IDC supplies. <laughs> so it's uh, an upholstery supply house? Yeah. In South, where in South Carolina? What town? Uh, Duncan, South Carolina. Duncan, South Carolina, no, IDC. What do they do for you guys? Is it just having foam and everything else? or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's our mobile guy. So from shipping, he just drives down and he brings the big truck. And we'd be able to get foam and glue and chalk. Just all our supplies pretty much. And he's driving uh, just a, like a truck store to your ha- to your shop all the time. You just go in the truck and pick what you want. Yeah, pick what you want. He come on wow. Tuesdays or Fridays. That's really cool. And I've heard of the mobile route. I've heard of the mobile, obviously, sold machi- machine repair guys. But yeah. I mean, how big is this truck? How does he fit? Uh, he got a big. Um, it's like a big U-Haul truck. Okay, and it's just sectioned off, and he got all all the phones you need, all of the boards. Three needles, threads, the, whatever, yeah. Yeah, whatever you need on there. Smart. So, Smart. Yeah, like I said, he'll come by on Tuesdays or Fridays. You go on there, get what you need, and he'll be in you out. It's like Amazon and a U-Haul. You don't have to pay for yep. the shipping. Yeah. Even <laughs> carry vinyl sometimes. So it, stuff yeah, I'm be sure it's not easy. He's got to make the round, so I'm sure he's got to, you know, go a decent dis- decent distance yep. to uh, you know, sell out. Now, this is pretty cool. And hey, I'm sure a lot of guys know it because I know you do a lot of work with these guys with impact products. You know, they sell leather, you know, pretty solid guys. I like them and, you know, talked to them over the last couple of years, getting to know them better. The impact guys have a line of leather that's named after you. Right. That's pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, it is, man. At the core, that's got to make you feel great. But how did, it, how did it come about? Tell us about that. How did that whole deal come come, come to fruition? Uh, really, man, I hit him up with the idea of, hey, let me start my own leather line because I was trying to transition into doing a lot more leather. And uh, they was just getting started, just coming on the scene. So they was like, well, shoot, I, we could use the promo. We could use the push. And I was like, well, hey, let's start our own Stitch by Slick collection. And uh, they flew out. They came to the shop. And um, I get to meet them that day. And he was like, what are you thinking? And I told him what the idea was. I said, I like a Carolina collection and a Lexington collection. That's where I stay. Okay. So, and he was like, man, 
give me 20 colors. And I went through and I picked out 20 colors. And the hard part was it was like, I need 20 names. <laughs> so you're good at that. I'm good at that. But, you know, you try to you start getting stuck, you know, yeah. after a while. So he started emailing them to me and um, I just started naming them and we started getting in production. And I've been I've been selling them and they've been liking me and I've been liking them. So oh, that's good. The next time you have to name a color, you better get a new red and call it Peg Bundy. Yeah. No that's it. funny as hell, man. Oh, oh that's funny. I, I That killed me every time. I still thinking about it makes me laugh. With the impact line and the leather and everything else, is that, you're you're kind of like a brand ambassador, right? So right. other companies tugging on you for things like that and sponsorships and different things? Um, I have had a few reach out to me um, prior, I guess because I promote them so much. But, you know, I'm just... I'm a very loyal guy. You know, I I don't just use impact, of course, but you know, I just I just stick with who treat me right, right, right. Now. You can, right. Yeah. yeah. But I do venture out and get songs from other different venues as well. Nice. Yeah. All right. Let's get you on the NC Shop Talk Rapid Fire Hot Seat. So I'm guessing you've listened to a couple episodes before. You know what's coming. I'm going to fire some questions at you. Try to give me quick answers and as honestly as you can. You may camp out here or there, but for the most part, just some good quick answers and, you know, stimulates a conversation. No big deal. I. What do you like doing better, sewing or painting? Sewing. Really? Yeah. That's your thing? Carly. I very rarely mess up with sewing. Okay, I figured the painting, because you don't do it as much, you're going to sell yeah. more, obviously. But, um, all right, favorite meal that you're going to eat at home? Favorite meal I'm going to eat at home would definitely have to be a ribeye. Okay. You an early riser or a night owl? Both. Both, all right. So you're staying up late and you're getting up early. I get up early, 7 o'clock every morning. All right. Childhood crush? Childhood crush. Ooh. Golly, can I think back that far? <laughs> my, my wife now. We know that. It's okay. You, you you did not know your wife when you were 15, so, you know, or 12. Uh, Then. A celebrity. There's got to be a celebrity out there you thought was hot. Oh, of course, Holly Berry. I was going to say, Holly Berry was Golly. up there. I'm really bad with names. Um, J-Lo, Holly Berry. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer for me was just beautiful. Man, Janet Jackson. Paula Abdul was one of mine, too. Whoa, boy. Yeah, Paula was was very pretty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, something you wish you were better at. Something I wish I was better at. Um, I would say, I mean, this one can't be quick, can it? Something I wish I was better at. That's a tough one. I always throw at least one tough one. I guess I'm going to have to come back to that one. We'll come back to that one. I know what mine is because I made up the dang question. It's the first time I've asked it, but it took me a minute. And I'm like, something I wish I was better. What would I say? And it, I, I I think I know what mine is, but okay. Dinner guests. Famous. Not people you know. Can't be your wife. Not the kids. Famous people. Five dinner guests or upwards of five dinner guests. Dead or alive. Who are you having for dinner? Who you going oh, out? I'm happy for dinner. Man, my guy Chris Tucker. Okay. I'd definitely be one. Um, I would definitely have Snoop. Figured that. That's two. Um, let's see who else. Carlos Miller. My third one, my fourth one would be Athletes, rappers. I know you do cars for everybody. I would probably say Michael Jordan. Ooh, yeah. I admire a lot. And my last one would definitely have to be who I would like to eat with at the table. Maybe somebody like Michael Jackson or somebody. All right. I admire him a lot. My number one is no doubt no one will ever touch him, Magic Johnson. That's who I wanted to be as a kid. It wasn't happening, but that's who I wanted to be. So Magic was oh, my yeah. number one. I would die to meet him one day. I waited outside of a locker room for hours to meet him. And he just mm -hmm. wasn't coming out. And my uncle's like, Mal, <laughs> enough. We got to go. Yeah. I was in and out of the locker room all the time with the Nets growing up because he knew Willis Reed and scouted for the Nets, the Knicks, and all those guys. But oh, sweet. we waited forever for magic. It wasn't happening. 
Uh, Dave Winfield, my favorite baseball player ever. And then it's hard. Like, I don't even know. But those two guys, I would yeah. want to have. I would want to have dinner with because that's who I idolized as a kid, as sports guys growing up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. After that, not that it doesn't matter, but I'd love to talk to Tom Brady to see what goes through his head. Mm-hmm. I love Dion now. My son loves Dion and what he stands for. A little too flashy for me at times, but just everything else, just the way he goes about things and dedication and belief in himself. I love that. You know. Yeah. That he has utmost belief in himself. I hated him as a kid because he was so just all flash. But any teammate yeah. he ever had, you never heard anyone talk bad about. It. They all loved him. Yeah. All right, changing gears. That's that's one of my favorite questions to ask people. Favorite spot to eat when you're out in Vegas? Man, I tried so much this year. I was out there for so long. Uh, my favorite spot was what in the world was that restaurant? Oh, golly, I can't even think of the name of it. I got a picture of the plate. And you're, yeah, and I shouldn't <laughs> have done meal. that's tough, that's tough to recall that. <laughs> But I know but you I go there a lot, me. but obviously you try different spots. But I like yeah, Ferraro's. Italian place is really good. I never tried them. Really good, yeah. I've been going there for 14 years. That's my favorite spot in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's a little, we'll go a little sideways with this one. You a boxers guy, a briefs guy, or a tidy whitey guy? Oh, I'm a brief guy. Brief guy, me too. Yeah. Got to have a little support for the boys. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. All right, this one's fun. I'm going to give you some cars, and you tell me, who survives the list as I go on? So we're going to match up two cars and match up another one, then another one. All right, 69 Corvette or a 69 Mach 1? Who are you keeping? Uh, Corvette. All right. 69 Corvette or an old 442? 442. All right. 442 or a GTO? Oh, they similar. 442. Wow. All right. I, I, I lost, you lost me on that. I would have gone with the GTO, but, and I also love the Mach 1. Mach 1 would have made it to the end for me ever since I was a kid. I don't know why, but I did. But uh, I thought for sure you're going to say the Pontiac. That's why I saved it for last. <laughs> is there a favorite Pontiac or is it's the Firebird period? Yeah, pretty much the Firebird for me. And like you say that uh, Peggy Bundy, that's actually my car as well. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. You should do a that promo. Was, that was a one-year car. Was it really? 68. Yep. That was a one year car. Okay. Wow. So it's it's rare. It's very I couldn't find no parts for it. Or would you did you just jerry rig things or well, a guy had backed into the driver's side fender. I could never find a fender. So I had to get a fender off of a Pontiac. What was that other car? They're similar to those. But that was the closest thing to it that lined up. The rear end, I had to take the rear end out of 73 Caprice and put in it because you couldn't get posi. You couldn't get axles or anything for it. So I had to trash that rear end completely, mm-hmm. um, get disc brake kits, and just everything. Just jerry rig stuff. I mean, you had no other choice. Yeah, I put an LS in it, of course. Oof. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And how the nope. heck do you afford to keep all these dang cars? That's an expensive yeah. habit right there. I mean, what'd you spend on that car? You had to spend 70, 80 on that car. Oh, uh, well, I, a lot of my guys, man, we just trade off work. Yeah. Yeah, we tra- I trade off a lot of work. Okay. Because I wonder, That's like, it. how does everyone do this? How does guys have four, five, and six cars? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah I trade off a lot of work, man. Mm-hmm. Upholstery and painting. Uh, just my craftsmanships alone just allowed me to be able to trade off for some yeah. of the things that I be needing. You know what I mean? So where do you keep a blessing? Where do you keep uh, pretty much at the shop, at the house, bedroom, whatever it takes. Yep. <laughs> I think I got what my K five and my Caprice, my seventy one Caprice is at the house. I was gonna say Caprice for one of these cars. Would the would the Caprice have beat the four four two or no seventy one? Yeah. Yeah, Caprice. Okay. Yeah. All right. I drove a 442. I drove in a 442 once and you hit, your ear spoke the wheels for an hour. Then it won't stop. The car was, had no traction. It was just all brute, all force. I had a 72. 442. Yeah. Okay. I forget what year it was, but uh, it was a beast. Yep. The fastback. 
Yeah. And the last question, favorite TV car. Now, I can't say the General Lee because you obviously like the 69 Charger, but you mentioned yeah. already. A-Team van, the Knight Rider kit car, or the St Starsky and Hutch car? Oh, the Knight Rider. Yeah? Woo! The Knight Rider. <laughs> just took me back. That just took me back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was an, an A-Team guy and a General Lee guy. Always General Lee as a kid, and as I got older... I switched out to the A-Team van because you just ride with your boys in there. Oh, yeah. And I have a story, which I have to save for another day, with, uh, with one of my buddies had it, and we had so much fun with it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I liked it, the A-Team. Yeah. But, man, it was just something when that that night Rider come through there, man. That intro just alone was... It was naughty. Yeah, it was. It got you. It, the show was brutal, but was. that car was, was killer. Yes, Back then, especially, that was beyond cutting edge back then. It was. Yeah. Definitely. Well, listen, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on and giving everybody some of your time. I know you, you know, you're at the shop, you're working. I'm sure you're going back to work after we're done here recording this on a Thursday night at, uh, you know, 6 PM cutting into your day, but you really, 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 you know, gave some great answers. I enjoyed the heck out of it. I learned a lot. So thank you so much Slick, for coming on. Absolutely, man. It's a pleasure, man. Appreciate you having me. Anytime you need me, shout me out. You got my direct contact. So. All right. We'll keep in contact more now for sure. All right. Say no more. All right, buddy. I'll see you soon. No doubt. All right. So what do you think? You happy with it? Oh, man. Love it. Good. Were you, did you like any particular question? I always just selfishly want to note. Was there any questions you really liked or enjoyed? or? Oh, man. You asked some good questions. All right. Good. You don't want to do the same thing everybody else does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. You asked some very interesting questions that really made me question like hey golly i i never would have thought of this you know <laughs> i fucked you on that one something you, know, you wish you were better at i shouldn't have oh, told mighty like man what in the world i wish i was better at now i'm questioning myself now i'm gonna i'm gonna text you tomorrow with my answer <laughs> something something i wish i was better at thanks mal thanks for making putting me on the spot like that yes i'm gonna text you tomorrow mark yeah. my word and tell you my answer i'll I tell you my brainstorm yeah I'll tell you mine when you tell you tell me yours first, but that was so much fun. Right. It definitely uh, was. I'm sorry for that. I know that was brutal. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to touch on the brand ambassador thing, do you right there, the YouTube and the school and the thread and all that, and then just mix in some of the stuff that I was curious. I'm like, I really wanted you to dive into the Snoop Dogg thing, and you did. That was perfect. That's right. probably the best. That's the best segment of it right there. Right. Because everyone's, how does it happen? What did he- How does it happen? Sharing that story- did you ever share it before with anybody online or on like a podcast or anything like that? Uh-uh. Perfect. Perfect. No. Good. All right. So we broke news on that because these guys always wonder, oh, how'd that happen? How did, you know? how that happen? Yeah. You have like a hundred of those stories. You got it. Guys like yep. me have a handful and then most guys have zero. No. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We like got to say, I got the episodes where we filmed the whole build, you know what I mean? Which was pretty cool as well too. Yeah. We got a call one day and I answered. He's like, hi, this is, uh, I don't remember his name. So-and-so from the U.S. Department of National Defense. I'm like, yeah, right. And I'm, I saw in my head, I'm like, yeah, right. I'm like, who is this? This is Joe Smith from U.S. Department of National Defense. And I'm like, Rick? Chris? No. He goes, this is Joe Smith, U.S. Department of Defense. Click, I hung up on him. Mm -hmm. Calls back, goes, listen. <laughs> the U.S. Department of National Defense, we want to requisition you guys to make us a custom sewing machine. And I was like, holy shit, I am so sorry. I'm not because I get it all the time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Crazy. That was yeah, that fun. would be odd. That was cool. Yeah. I made a one-off machine for them. No one could do it. The OEMs didn't want to be bothered because it was one machine, and they I don't think they could do it. And they wanted mm -hmm. to make a portable machine. And at that time, we were the only game in town pretty much with a maybe a couple of little companies that copied us that were making portable sewing machines, heavy duty, not the little, you know, portable sewers. And they wanted, they had all the tent villages in Iraq and they wanted to That's sew it. up the tents, the windows on site and have, have a means by which to close them, sew them down because dust is getting in there and they were trying, you know, so we came up with the machines, they could take wherever they wanted. We never heard from them again. Wow. No parts. I think they got it, everything wired. Obviously, they didn't need us, but that's the kind of customer you wish they'd come back. But yeah, you know, they're not that, right. on sewing projects, but that was friggin' cool as hell. That's on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. yeah. We were, that was dope. 
I was, we prepared uh, sewing machines to sew, uh, the, you know, those, those cool looking multicolored marine belts. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. We prepared a machine for the, for oh, the sweet. marine corps for that. That was cool. So those two are up there for me. Yeah, man. Something different. But... Yeah, definitely. All right, buddy, get to it. Tell the wife and kids, thanks for, you give them some time and I appreciate you. You already know. Thanks, Slick. Hi, boss. All right, buddy, be good. Thanks for listening in today, everybody. If you learned something new and liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe for more NC Shop Talk. Do me a favor and help us grow this sucker. Share this show on your social media feeds and with anyone else who'd love to hear it. Thanks for giving us a listen. And until next time, remember to get out there and make it happen.